Bethany Markowski called her mom, Johnny, at 9.38 a.m. on Sunday morning, March 4th of 2001. She told her mom she'd see her later that afternoon, and after saying their I love yous, they hung up the phone. Bethany was on a weekend visit with her dad, Larry. Her second one after a formal visitation was scheduled from the courts due to her parents' pending divorce. Johnny was uneasy about it, but she had no choice but to allow it. Johnny's sister and Bethany's aunt, Lori, would be heading over to pick up Bethany from Larry later on that afternoon. Upon arriving, Lori learned that Bethany had walked into a mall in Jackson, Tennessee, and had vanished. Bethany would not be seen again. Where is Bethany Markowski? podcast. This week's episode is covering the sad disappearance of a spunky and adorable 11-year-old girl, Bethany Markowski. The goal of our podcast is to spread awareness, so please share Bethany's story and be sure you are subscribed to our podcast, following us on social media, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Any or all of that helps these stories and these cases get more exposure. And all it might take to crack one of these unsolved missing persons cases is just one person to come forward with some information. So let's jump right into the story of Bethany Markowski from Jackson, Tennessee. Bethany was a precocious 11-year-old girl in 2001. She was described as having a big heart, but being a little too sassy sometimes. She was full of personality. This story has a lot of details, so I want to start with giving you some background information into Bethany's life and circumstances. Bethany's mom, Johnny, and her dad, Larry, had met years before and began dating under some rocky circumstances. Larry had told Johnny he was in the process of getting a divorce and his ex-wife had taken off with their kids, moving them to Alabama. When Johnny discovered she was pregnant in 1989, she would learn that that was indeed not the case. He, in fact, was still very married and living with his wife and children. In fact, Johnny would recall visiting Larry and seeing two kids walking down the street, always waving to them, not realizing at the time that they were Larry's kids and he would make them leave the house when Johnny was coming over. Despite all of that, Larry would end up divorcing his wife and marrying Johnny. Johnny said soon into their marriage, she began to see a different side of Larry. He was possessive and controlling over her, sometimes even getting physical. But he was a good dad to Bethany, and Johnny stayed with him. 
She confided into just a couple of friends about her rough home life, but mostly she just dealt with it. In early 2001, Johnny had finally had enough. Larry's aggressions were beginning to include Bethany too, and Bethany had developed anxiety and began biting her nails. They had recently moved from Jackson, Tennessee to Gleason, Tennessee at the time, and Johnny woke up one morning and waited until Larry went to work. After he left, she packed a bag for her and Bethany She went to the school to pick Bethany up, and she headed to her sister Lori's house two hours away in Nashville. According to Johnny, Bethany was happy to be getting away from her father. She even asked her mother if she thought her nails would finally grow back and if she'd now be able to stop biting them. Johnny didn't want Larry to know where they were, so she did her best to keep it a secret. But despite all of her efforts, Larry would figure it out. He went to Bethany's school one day and tried to take her with him. The school would not let her leave and some teachers intervened and Larry was unsuccessful. Later on, a teacher would actually write an affidavit that said he pushed her out of the way trying to get Bethany to go with him. When this happened, Johnny went to a lawyer. There was nothing she could do regarding Larry seeing Bethany, but she was able to get a restraining order against Larry for herself. She thought that was at least a start. The courts would go on, however, to order visitation for Larry, which included a couple evenings a week and every other weekend. On Sunday, March 4th, Bethany and Larry were on their way back from their second father-daughter weekend. Larry had taken Bethany to Little Rock, Arkansas to visit friends, spending Friday and Saturday there before returning to Jackson, Tennessee on Sunday to visit family. Bethany would call her mom from a family member's home in Gleason to make sure she would be there at 5 o'clock p.m. as planned. It was confirmed that the call Bethany made was from Gleason. Because Larry was about two hours from Nashville, Larry had agreed to meet Lori halfway with Bethany in Waverly, Tennessee. Because of the restraining order, Johnny would stay home. Lori and her husband headed off to Waverly in the afternoon. Their meeting scheduled for 5 o'clock p.m., They were unaware of the chaos that was about to greet them. While they were driving to their meeting location, Larry would be all over Old Hickory Mall in Jackson, Tennessee, looking for Bethany. He had let her go in by herself while he took a short nap in his van. He had said he had pulled an all-nighter the night before and was exhausted but he had promised Bethany she could go to the mall and specifically she wanted to go to Claire's boutique. He expected her to be in maybe about a half an hour and when she didn't come out after a bit, he woke up and went inside to look for her. 
While walking the stores and looking for Bethany in the mall, he would run into a friend of Bethany's, a friend from when they had lived in Jackson previously. This friend, Hillary, would tell Larry that she had not seen Bethany, but she would help him look for her. Interestingly, later, Larry would tell police that Bethany went into the mall with her friend Hillary to do some shopping at Claire's boutique store. This was not true. So why would Larry lie? And I know after hearing Larry's story and background and the specifics, you are jumping to conclusions here. I know that I was. But keep an open mind. Some things will happen with this case that still leave a question mark in both the family's mind and police. So meanwhile, while Larry is searching the mall and alerting authorities now of his daughter's disappearance, Lori and her husband arrive at the arranged meeting place in Waverly. They wait for Larry and Bethany to arrive, and as it gets later and later, they try to reach Larry unsuccessfully. Until Larry finally calls them and gives them the news. Bethany is missing. Lori calls Johnny right away to tell her. Johnny is without a vehicle and starts to panic, setting out trying to find a ride to Jackson, some two hours away from where she was living in Nashville. Lori and her husband are in Waverly, only about an hour from Jackson, so her and her husband set out immediately towards the mall in Jackson, Tennessee. Johnny would find a ride from a friend and also begins racing up to the mall, the old Hickory Mall in Jackson. Johnny would call her lawyer right away to let her know that something had happened involving Larry and her daughter. She reached her lawyer via her cell phone and it just so happened that she was having dinner with her fiance in Jackson. So they immediately got their food to go and left the restaurant rushing over to the mall. When they arrived, her lawyer jumped out of the car and ran over to investigators. She said since she knew they were in the midst of a bitter divorce and possibly custody dispute, and she knew that Larry had some violent tendencies and a history, she wanted to let investigators know right away what they were dealing with. She also felt that coming from a third party, she hoped the police would listen to her. And, in all accounts, it seemed law enforcement was quick to respond and keep an open mind when looking at the situation. They were responsive and observant. They just didn't have much to go on. When Lori and her husband arrived at the mall, the parking lot was scattered with some police cars, the mall itself was closed now, so the lot was otherwise empty, and Larry was the only one standing outside of his van while the officers all waited in their cars. The weather was cold and rainy. Lori ran out of her car, and an officer met her. The officer asked her what Larry had told them, and they essentially compared notes. When the officer told Lori that Bethany had allegedly been with Hillary in the mall shopping, 
Lori immediately called Johnny to ask if she knew of Bethany's friend named Hillary. And Johnny said she did, but she was a bit surprised as she hadn't heard that name in a while. After checking with Hillary and her family, they came to the conclusion that Hillary did not see Bethany that day at all, let alone plan a trip to the mall with her. One interesting thing that was pointed out by both Lori and Hillary, however, was Larry's appearance. They said he looked very, very different. He had dyed his hair black and was wearing sunglasses, even when he was walking around inside the mall. Hillary, even being just a child at the time, remembers being shocked at Larry's appearance. And it's worth noting that neither were asked about his appearance. They both offered it up on their own accord, so it must have been significant to them. Police also immediately began trying to get surveillance footage from the mall and the individual stores to see if Bethany could be seen on any. As they gathered and reviewed all the footage, Bethany was not spotted anywhere on any cameras leaving many of them to wonder if she had ever even been there to begin with. Shortly after, a frantic Johnny arrives with her friend at the scene. And after searching the mall and the surrounding area for a bit, they all go back to the police station. The police put everyone in separate rooms for questioning, and one thing Johnny talks about to this day is a comment one of the officers had made to her. He had said to Johnny that he thought it was unusual because every time he went into Larry's room to talk to him, he was falling asleep, while every time he walked into Johnny's room, she was crying and hysterical. The police noted that difference, and it is a detail that Johnny hasn't forgotten either to this day. Johnny and Lori end up getting a hotel room and staying in Jackson to assist with the search for a while. However, days would go by with no leads, no sightings, and no updates at all. The police were suspicious of Larry's story, but they had no evidence to prove he was in any way involved in the disappearance of his daughter. Johnny also didn't believe this theory of Bethany being abducted at the mall. Bethany was said to be a vocal child, even a bit sassy. She was absolutely certain that if someone had tried to grab Bethany to kidnap her, she would have caused quite a scene, kicking, screaming, and trying to get away. And no one reported seeing anything even slightly suspicious at the mall that day. Johnny tried to follow the advice of everyone, especially the detectives and the police involved, and she was advised by everyone to stay out of the media The officers would even sneak her in and out of the back door of the police station to avoid her being seen, having pictures taken, or being questioned by the media. 
But this is a move that she has since come to regret. And she says, when you're in that situation and you've never been before in a situation like that, you just don't know what to do. And she now advises anyone who finds themselves with a missing loved one to use the media to their advantage. It's something that she wished she had done more of in the beginning instead of avoiding them. Now, about a month later, after Bethany's disappearance, so now we're in April, the police would receive several tips from different people. Multiple people reported a sighting of a child resembling Bethany's description in a diner with a woman. This woman looked unkempt. She was in her 40s, had frizzy blonde hair, she looked dirty, her shoes were torn and untied. Many thought and remarked that she even looked homeless to them. When police arrived to check it out, however, they were gone. Shortly after that, also in April, a woman tried to enroll a child in a southeastern Tennessee school district. The woman and child were turned away because the woman didn't have the proper paperwork to register the girl. No birth certificate, no proof of address, nothing that was required by the school so the girl could attend. Almost immediately, the school thought this girl dramatically resembled the missing child, Bethany Markowski, and they alerted authorities. The girl and the woman were also witnessed boarding a bus to Moline, Illinois, after the school incident. The police alerted law enforcement in Moline, who were waiting for the bus when it arrived. The girl and the woman, however, were not on the bus. Police do believe the tip was credible, and it is possible that it was them and that they got off of the bus prior to arriving in Moline. To this day, Bethany Markowski's whereabouts are unknown. Before we jump into the theories in this case, let's examine some questions that I have and I feel you all may have also. Number one, why would Larry Markowski allow an 11-year-old girl to go into a mall by herself, if he indeed did? He claims that she was familiar with the mall as they had frequented it many times before, but 11 still seems a bit young to go into a mall on a busy Sunday by themselves. Number two, why was Bethany still allowed unsupervised visitation with her dad? She had expressed anxiety over seeing him and admitted to being afraid of him. He also had tried to remove her from school without permission one day, even becoming violent with a teacher. He was abusive enough to her mother that her mom had taken a restraining order out against him. Yet that is still not enough for the system to protect a child from their own father. Many people thought in this case he should have been given supervised visitation, but that was not the case. Question number three, 
why had Larry changed his appearance so drastically? This question kind of baffles me because even as we talk about the different theories, as we will in a few minutes, I just don't understand the point of him changing his appearance so drastically at all, if it relates to the case. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe he just wanted to change his appearance. They said his hair was graying. His beard and facial hair was starting to gray. Maybe he just wanted to dye his hair black. And Maybe he was wearing sunglasses in the mall because he was tired. He had been napping in the car. Although sunglasses inside of a mall does seem strange. So what was the point in Larry's change of appearance? And question number four. Who was this mysterious blonde woman seen with a Bethany lookalike? Possibly Bethany. And Who was she trying to register a child with no paperwork? This woman and girl never returned to the school to finalize that registration. So even if it was not Bethany, who was it? It definitely seems sketchy. Someone trying to register a child with no paperwork and then not being able to come back with the proper paperwork to then get them registered. And while Larry remained a person of interest, the police are quick to point out that he is as much a person of interest as is Johnny. The fact is, they just have no idea where to look for Bethany. This case would be pretty quiet until 2016 when something would happen that would raise the hopes of Johnny and Bethany's whole family. A couple in rural Tennessee would come home one day and find a young woman laying on their front porch. They asked this girl if she needed help, and she said she did. What she meant was she needed food and water, and when the couple called the police, the girl fled on foot. Police were able to find the girl, however, and bring her in for questioning. At first, she had no memory of who she was or how she had ended up on the couple's front porch. She would be placed in a mental health facility, and eventually she stated her name was Sarah Nicole Jackson. Later, she changed her mind and said her name was Bethany Markowski. This young woman had a mole on her chest that resembled Bethany's. And police took some photographs of this young woman and sent them over to Johnny, who immediately did believe that she could be Bethany. And many thoughts started racing through Johnny's mind as a mother. First, how would she get her home? When could she bring her home? What would she be like? She began to think that she would need clothes and shoes. She wondered if the girl knew how to drive or if she would teach her to drive. After all, in 2016, she would be 26 years old at this point. Since Bethany's fingerprints were never on file anywhere, they had to run DNA testing, which would take several days. Johnny immediately submitted a sample of her DNA and waited as patiently as she could. 
She said those were some of the most agonizing days as she waited for those results to come in. Sadly, the results would come back and the girl was not Bethany. But Johnny was very suspicious. She wondered how this girl knew about Bethany and thought it was very coincidental that she had a mole similar to Bethany's. She also thought it was a coincidence that she used the name Sarah Nicole Jackson as Bethany had gone missing from Jackson, Tennessee. This incident has made Johnny aware of the importance of having fingerprints on file and now advocates for all parents to have their children fingerprinted. Johnny has also become a vocal advocate for missing children and has officially had March 4th declared Tennessee Missing Children's Day. And a quick shout out, there is a Facebook page under that same name, Tennessee Missing Children's Day, Please go like their page and show your support. So let's talk about some theories in this case. Number one, Bethany was abducted by a stranger. This has not been ruled out. After all, who was the woman she was possibly seen with? The interesting thing I find about those sightings is that there were multiple sightings by different people, all unaware of each other. So to me, this does help give some credence to these tips. But if it was Bethany, who was she with and why was she taken? And why would someone try and enroll her in school knowing that she was kidnapped? Theory number two, Bethany was abducted by someone in her dad, Larry's family. Johnny believes this to be the case. Larry was hell-bent on getting Bethany, even if it was just to spite Johnny. Johnny also believes that the description of the woman seen with the girl greatly resembles Larry's sister-in-law. And this is not unheard of, a family member taking a child during a custody dispute. And since Larry was with Bethany and his family that weekend, it posed the perfect opportunity. We do know that Bethany was in Gleason when she called her mom that Sunday morning from her dad's family's house. But that is all that is known about her last whereabouts. Was she taken by a relative? And is that who the unidentified woman is? Theory number three, Bethany was taken by her mother. So even though Johnny has been the biggest advocate in searching for Bethany, some people do believe that she may have orchestrated the kidnapping to keep Bethany safe from Larry. And police have not completely ruled that out either. Larry did have a violent history and it's in a mother's nature to protect their child. Again, a situation that's not unheard of in custody disputes. Did Johnny hide Bethany to protect her? And, of course, she, Johnny, can't come forward now because she'd be a criminal in the eyes of the law. But then, who was the unidentified woman? 
In theory number four, Bethany met with foul play. This has also not been ruled out, although there is no evidence of such. No blood, no signs of a struggle, and no body. But after so much time has gone by, if she had been a kidnapping victim, why has she not come forward yet? Certainly she remembers who she is since she was 11 years old when she went missing. So no one really knows what happened to Bethany Markowski. And those are the main theories in this case, as police do not believe Bethany ran away. But we still have so many questions, no matter which theory you believe. Where is Bethany today? Is she alive? What happened to Bethany on March 4, 2001? Were the sightings of the unidentified woman and child indeed Bethany? And if so, who was that woman? How did the young woman found in 2016 know details about Bethany's case? And is it just an odd coincidence that she had a matching birthmark? To this day, Dad Larry does not speak to reporters and media. You will still find Johnny out there keeping Bethany's name in the limelight. Bethany was featured in 2018 on the podcast Searching for Ghosts. And if you're looking for another story on Bethany's case, I highly recommend checking that one out. Some great news was also just announced that People Magazine will feature Bethany in an article about missing children. That edition actually comes out tomorrow, April 22nd, 2021. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. She will also be featured on People TV, which is said to be airing April 23rd, 2021. With all this recent attention on Bethany's case, I am hopeful that there will finally be some answers. Bethany would be 31 years old today. If she was alive, why not come forward now? If she's not alive, where is she? The unidentified woman was described in 2001 as being a Caucasian female approximately 42 to 44 years of age, 5 foot 4 to 5 foot 5, and 185 pounds. Witnesses said that the woman had dark circles under her eyes and her blonde hair was frizzy and damaged. She appeared unkempt like she had not bathed and her shoes were torn, not tied. A few people even said the woman looked as if she had been suffering from a hangover. Bethany was last seen on March 4th, 2001, and her description on the Charlie Project page reads as this. A Caucasian female, brown hair, green eyes. Bethany was missing her top and bottom baby molars at the time of her 2001 disappearance. She bites her fingernails when she is nervous. Her hair was styled shoulder length with bangs Bethany has a mole on her left breast and freckles on her cheeks and nose. She was wearing a green t-shirt, blue or black jeans, and black slip-on shoes.
Of course, she has been missing 20 years now. There are some age progression photographs on her Charlie Project page. I will go ahead and link that in the show notes. So please go check out her photos that are posted there. And if you have any information on this case, anything at all, big or small, please contact Jackson Police Department at 731-425-8400 or the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, 1-800-824-3463. As always with children, you can leave anonymous tips by calling 1-800-THE-LOST, which is the number for the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. So what do you think happened to Bethany Leanne Markowski? Do you believe one of her parents was involved? Do you think she is still alive? Please support her family by liking the Facebook page they set up for her. Help find Bethany Markowski. Share her name. Share her story. Every little bit of exposure helps. Also, please make sure you are following our Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube channel for updates and more info on the cases that we cover. If you have any feedback for us or case suggestions, you can reach me at canwefindthem at gmail.com or you can always message me on any of the social media platforms. This week, we did get the video story of Ray Grecar up on our YouTube channel. Ray was a district attorney in Center County, PA, just months away from retirement when he vanished. Please go check out Ray's video. Give it a thumbs up to help it get out there. I always try and keep my personal opinions of what theory I believe to a minimum in the cases that I cover I am not a professional investigator, and I do want everyone to form their own opinions. But I can honestly say that this is the one case I have absolutely no idea which way I lean when it comes to theories. The case of Ray Grigar is very baffling. Thank you so much for listening to Bethany's story and this episode of Where Are They? Please support our sponsors as linked in the show notes as it helps us keep an episode produced every week. If you want to support our charity partners and sport somewhere are they swag, we have an online store that is also linked in the notes. Thank you again for listening and sharing Bethany's story. This case is solvable. Law enforcement just needs the missing pieces to the puzzle. Bethany's family needs answers. We will be back again next week with another episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.